Hello everybody, welcome to the Williams Project podcast and today I'm going to be talking about succession planning. Hello everybody, hope you're having a good day. Um, just me today, Leah is still somewhere, somewhere in the abyss between, well he's just not able to be podcasted with so I don't know where he is. Um, Maybe he's in Christchurch, I don't know. Anyway, he's not online. So, you got me. Now, the episode today is, we've made the decision that when the time comes for the handover from me and Blair being the essentially dual CEOs slash um, managing directors of Williams Corporation and sole shareholders, We've made the decision that when the time comes to hand the business over, we're not going to do it to our kids. So there's a few reasons. One, we don't have kids. Um, We will have kids. I'm very paternal. I love children. I think Blair will do it because he has very traditional values. And But yeah, I, I definitely want kids. But we're currently in our 30s. Well, we're not, sorry. We're 29. And... Let's just say within five years, one of us will have a child. That means that let's say the child needs to be 25 before we know if they're competent to run the business. So that puts us at 45. I, I'm just not a fan of nepotism. Um, I'm not a fan of someone taking the business because of your blood. Now, if you were to ask me at 20, I really wanted to run my father's business and purchased my father's business from him and that was something back then that was important to me but we've got a lot of staff we've got customers that want houses we've got a big machine and I feel that the only right system is meritocracy and I think as we pass on to the next person it has to be the best possible person that can run the company, not just blood. So what I'm a fan of is I actually am a fan of the structures and governance around privately uh, around public listed companies. I think that there's a lot of benefits. At Williams Corporation, we're 11 years into our 100-year plan, but the 100-year plan always resets, so you always have a 100-year plan. So it doesn't just mean that in 89 years, we're going to shut the business game over. We have a 100-year plan from today. So at Williams Corporation, we have a a one-year plan, a five-year plan, and then a 100-year plan. And the 100-year plan is more like an ethos of how we see the world and how we trade based on our opinion of the world. The five-year plan is goals and principles for each department, what cities we're going to open and what product we're going to build and why. And the one-year plan is action points. How much capital do we need? How many staff do we need? What land are we buying in each city, etc., etc. So we've made the decision that we're going to go public in 2041. And that the reason we decided to go public is, is mostly around um, mostly around getting 
the CEO. And yes, you could just employ the best CEO in the market, but I think there's going to be some governance and some some benefits for going public. And also, as far as transition of share, and look, we might change your mind. I'm 99% sure we'll go public. Um, also, property businesses are very hard to hand over the next generation because they're, they're brutal. Like you guys watching us on social media, you're like, God, they live a great life. Property is a brutal business. There's, there's a reason. You think of property businesses, right? Not investment companies, that's different. Actively trading property businesses and think of one that's, say, bigger than turning over 30 million a year. Think of one that's traded, um, say, through three generations. And I personally can't think of any. There's some investment companies, like, say, the Todd Property Group, um, and there's some wealthy families that purchase some big assets and, and manage to pass them through generations. But yeah, it's just, it's a brutal business. But anyway, so we're starting to make these decisions now. Um, we're actually feeling a bit older, really. And so let's say we're going to go public for Williams Corporation in 2041. That would be Williams Corporation's 30th birthday. Um, I would be... 50, 47, 47, I'll be 47. And and what that means is, shit, I hope all that maths works. It roughly works. And what that means is, let's say I'm 50, just for rounding it up, and I reckon I could give the shareholders, the new shareholders, five to 10 really good years of my effort. Say five years of me being the manager in a two-year transition period, helping the new CEO slash, I believe there should be a dual CEO, like me and Blair should hand over to another two people. I think the job of running Williams Corporation is too brutal for one person. And, and I think that one person in the role could tend to make an emotional decision where when you have two people, you normally get a more logical decision. So... Yeah, that's, that's quite exciting, um, quite terrifying. I, I've watched some people go public and you get people trawling through their past and trying to find a reason why um, they're a bad person. So we will end up in the spotlight um, and that's something, we're kind of already in the spotlight so I can't see that changing much. Um, but yeah, I think the point of this podcast is meritocracy. That's really what the podcast should be called. Are you making decisions based on merit? And I don't have kids yet, so I can see parents rolling their eyes right now saying that I don't understand, and I, and I sympathize with that. But I truly believe in meritocracy, and I believe that the staff at Williams Corporation, the investors, the customers, deserve the best possible manager of the company. And I think where lots of business owners make a mistake is they try and pass it over to the next generation where that person may not be the best possible choice. Now, I'm going to be a little bit, um, what's the word, biased. And I believe that I was the best choice to run Horncastle Homes, um, my father's business. But I'm also very happy that he didn't hand it over to me and I had to build my own business and then I found Blair in that journey and I've gone through I've gone through this 
amazing ride of building Williams Corporation and now I'm here, I'm, I'm happy and I wish it, um, I think it was the best thing for my life. But yeah, meritocracy. There's meritocracy is very important and these businesses, you're competing against very good talent. Like property world, I know that there's a lot of negative um, negative stereotypes about property developers, but there is a lot of hyper-competent people. And when you nail property development, there's a lot of money to be made. So you have very good minds you're competing against. Yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to picture finding the next Williams Corporation CEO. That I actually think you couldn't bring in an outsider. It would have to be someone. You would need to have two people from within the business that you bring up. And you would almost, um, we've sort of got a branch model where the business is broken up by city. You would almost run CEOs in each city and try and sort of insulate it a bit. Yeah, that's a hard decision. Anyway, we've got we've got twenty years, the twenty thirty. Got twenty years to sort that out. That's semantics. But I want you to think in your life: is there an area in your life where you are being nep- nepotistic? You're giving someone an opportunity or a um, a position that they haven't rightfully earned and a really good book to read if if this topic makes you feel of um sort of uncomfortable is atlas shrugged so i always believed that i had to do special favors for family and and look there's a lot of my family that work in williams corporation but i truly believe that each member of my family that works in Williams Corporation is the right person in their role. I don't believe, like my sister Rosa is our marketing manager. She is exceptional at what she does. And she's not the marketing manager because she's my sister. She's the marketing manager because she's a fucking good marketing manager. And that's the way it should be. In the same way, oh God, people are going to hate me for this. I find a lot of this... Um, I find a lot of this, what's the word, um, culture, uh, not cultural inclusion. Um, I find a lot of this positive, what's it called? Positive discrimination. I find positive discrimination really, really racist um, or sexist or however you use it. I was discussing this with our head architect in Auckland. So a head architect in Auckland tutor She's from um, Europe, one of the small European countries, and she's she's so good, and she's female, and she's um, from East, or from Europe, and I said to her, I'm like, Tudor, imagine if I employed you because you're a woman. I'm like, how dehumanizing would that be? And she's like, I completely agree. I'm like, you're our head architect because you're badass. And you're the best person for the job. And if you weren't the best person for the job, you'd be fired. And I just find it so dehumanizing. And that's actually, this leads on to like the, the, the family thing. This is why you have issues passing on to generation to generation. Because 
the person doesn't feel that they've earned the spot. Now, there's lots of examples of families where the children have gone into the business, worked their way up and actually earned the place. And that's cool. That's how I think the process should be. It, things can't, it has to be meritocracy. We can't be tribal. We can't be, um, yeah. It'll be interesting for me to look back on this episode when we go public and look back on this episode when I have children and, and see how my opinions change with time. But as of today, I'm fiercely for meritocracy. And so then it comes on, it comes to what, what would I pass to my children? Um, and what do I think a, a parent's obligations are to their children? Well, I have a, a small investment trust called Horncastle Family Trust and a company that's associated to, um, associated to the trust called Horncastle Family Trust Holdings. And, and that will build a um, relatively large property portfolio over my career. And I think that for my family, I would want any education they want I think you have to pay something towards your education, um, but maybe like the trust will pay 70% and they have to pay 30%. I don't believe in anyone getting something for free. And maybe the same with housing, the trust might lend you the money, um, but you have to pay it back with interest. I think I wanna provide my children opportunities in life, but just be really careful in the manner that I do it. That's sort of like in, in my life, I the opportunities that I got, when I left school, my father in one phone call got me a building apprenticeship. That's something that a lot of people couldn't do. Like that was um, a 16 year old being employed in quite a bad job market at the time. That was a really amazing opportunity that I got. And like when I um, started my business, my father guaranteed my credit card and I used my credit card sort of like an overdraft. And so I had a $20,000 credit card slash overdraft that I don't think I would have got on my own merit. So these are the sort of things that I think I'll do for my children. And I think you wanna give them opportunities where you can get them a job, you can, well, not them a job, you get the foot in the door. I still had to work really hard to keep my job and, and I would have been sacked if I didn't. And I think, yeah, it's really hard. It's really hard because I'm, I think there's a big problem in the West of us coddling our children too much and creating a, a generation that isn't equipped to deal with the trials and tribulations of life like myself included, my younger self wasn't equipped to deal with life. Well, I was reasonably equipped. I just think I, I, if, I'd, if I'd had more hardship earlier on, I would have been more equipped. But then also you don't want to create. So I saw an, an interview with Elon Musk and he's like, do I create artificial adversity for my children to face? And it's like a really interesting discussion because we know that adversity builds a strong character, but it seems pretty cruel to it seems pretty cruel to 
to just create a problem and force your kids to face it. And that's where things like sports are really good for children. Not that I was good at sports or played a lot of sports as a kid. Because I grew up with my mother, um, my parents split when I was two. Because I grew up with my mother, I didn't um, have a lot of coordination because I guess I guess like kids normally play sports with their father and that's where they develop that coordination and or older brothers, older siblings. So I didn't have older siblings um, and I only saw my father every second or third weekend. So I wasn't very coordinated when I was young. And because I wasn't very coordinated, I wasn't very good at sports. And because I wasn't good at sports, I didn't like them. So I've never had that relationship with sports that I see other people have where they really get a lot of enjoyment from it. And um, that would be something I would definitely want to do differently with my children. I would want to have a far higher coordination um, and a more a better relationship with sports. But then again, like my father said, Horncastles don't play sports. We go out and work and make money. Um, which I am happy that I spent that time as a kid working instead of... I spent the time that other kids played sports working, which I think is healthy. So who knows? Shit, this is the problem with opinions in life. Like, you can argue with yourself all day, every day on the same topic. Like, I find myself really struggling the more I go through life, really struggling to form firm opinions, the more life experience I have. And that's probably why I like business, because, like, I was having dinner with a major funder, oh, breakfast, sorry, with a major funder, and he said to me, he said, if you were the 30th largest roofer in Western USA, you would be worth about 50 odd million dollars. And what I like about that point is in business, you don't have to be number one. You just have to pursue excellence each day and you seem to get a great outcome. Like I'm the second largest builder in New Zealand, not the first, but I still live a great quality of life with a lot of fulfillment in my work every day. Um, and I, I make good money and blah, 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 blah. So, yeah, meritocracy. Are you in life having a meritocracy? Do you have a plan of what you're going to hand over to the next generation? My plan isn't as good as it should be. I should definitely spend more time on that. Um, and do you have a plan for the business if you're a business owner? Um, how is that business? What's that? Because that business you should be wanting that business to live forever. And I know it's unlikely that a business will live forever slash probably impossible, but I want Williams Corporation to at least live 100 years. That's If it lived 100 years, that would be cool. Because let's just say we do um, a property development cycle in 12 months. It's actually technically 15 at the moment on average, but let's just say 12 months. That means we could do 100 cycles of property um, and that would be cool. That would be really, really cool. That would be something I'd like to be a part of. But I think I have a duty of care. A duty of care to do a transition that's not necessarily to my blood. It's to the best person. If there's a person in Williams Corporation who 
better than my children, um, I would happily hand over the management to them over my children. Anyway, yeah, not quite as structured as I should have been team, but still I think an interesting thought exercise for everyone to go through. I hope that provided value to you. Um, thank you for listening and have a great day.